Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. Feels like we've not been away. I'm Connor Clancy, joined by Kev Pogzowski. Kev, say hello. Hi everybody. You've not really solved <laughs> the volume problems there. Could you please speak louder as the podcast <laughs> goes on? Um, and Vito Doria is back. Vito, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Thank you, Connor, and likewise. Um, this is going to be your last pod with us for a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, I won't um, be on the pod next week. I'm getting my wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, so it is just a one week you're missing. That's not too bad. But yeah. um, not a great reason. I'm sorry to, nah. to see you have to go through that. It's not great. Um, there's been some football, as always, and it feels like it's not stopped since the last time the three of us were here together. But it has for... 24 hours, 21 hours at least before Juve play Porto in the Champions League. So that's nice, a little break for us. But it has finished with a big, big 1-0 win for Inter at home to Atalanta to extend their point, their lead at the top of the Serie A table back to six points. Just like we did in midweek, I'm going to run through all of the results before we start going into the games. Spezia Benevento played at a 1-1 draw on Saturday afternoon. Then Udinese beat Sassuolo with... What was probably one of the shock results of the weekend, 2-0 in Friuli. Juve beat Lazio 3-1 on Saturday evening in a game which feels like a lifetime ago now for this Monday evening record. Roma beat Genoa 1-0. Crotone Torino 4-2. Fiorentina Parma, we've got to talk about that. It finished 3-3. Both teams scored in stoppage time. Parma had fought from behind twice and... Of course, they blew a lead late on. Milan won 2 0 away at Verona. Cagliari Sampdoria played out a 2 2 draw, a thumping goal from Rajan Angle and level things up late on. Napoli beat Bologna 3 1 on Sunday evening, and that takes us right up to Inter beating Atalanta 1 0 on this Monday evening. And Kev, they look like champions. They do, yeah. There was uh, 
something assured about the full performance. Um, Atalanta had a lot of the ball second half, had a couple of chances, but, uh, you know, a bit of a cliche, but one of those that you put down to a real professional performance and something you, you really accept from a, expect, sorry, from a, from a Conte side who, who's got them very, very well drilled uh, over there. Did you watch the match? Because Conte never shuts up on, on a good day. But I thought tonight, he, he even stepped it up a level for, for his standards. He was basically controlling Christian Eriksen, Ivan Perisic, Lautaro Martinez, and a few others. But mainly those three. Probably in the second half because they were on his side. But every time the ball moved towards one of them, Conte was telling them, right, you go now, you go now, you go now. Stay there, stop, stay. It, it was crazy. And it's kind of one of the benefits we have of the, the fans not being in the stadiums. We get to hear this. But it, it did get on my nerves a little bit after a while. But Vito, I suppose, we've said it before. We'll probably say it again. Conte is probably the best coach in the world when he's got one game a week to play and he can just set his team up perfectly. Uh, describing it that way, you'd have to say yes, because at least uh, in that aspect, he can focus on his whole squad. He can teach them extra things, analyze the opponents a bit more. And the way things are now at the moment, I think Conte pretty much has a perfect situation for him to secure the Scudetto for the Nerazzurri. Kev? Arturo Vidal played. It, it came as a shock when I think it was Gazeta reported on Monday afternoon that he was in line to start. I say he played. He was on the pitch for a bit and he kind of just plodded around, gave the ball away, looked terrible. And Ewan Burns, who actually did the report for us, has a an opinion piece going out on Tuesday morning at about, well, I suppose it must be about 7 o'clock a.m. UK time. It's, it's publishing at 8. Central European, so yeah, that would be that. But he's he's just not very good, and you you kind of wonder why why Conte was so excited to get him last summer. Well, I think I understand why why he wants him and he wants players that he can trust to carry out a specific job, even if it, that if that job is almost trying <laughs> to stop stop this Atalanta side, you know, because we, we know what they can do. Uh, and I think I think almost in a way, Conte wants that more than maybe he wants the talent of Ericsson. You know, we've seen how long it took him to get Ericsson into his side and probably to trust him. And he, and, he, and he seems to depend more on those players that he trusts to carry out a very specific job, regardless of their um, their failures in some parts of their game or personality. With, with oh, yeah, I was going to say, trust isn't the word I'd put with Arturo Vidal <laughs> either. But, you know, he, he likes what he knows uh, or likes what he likes. Um, and and, and it's lucky for Vidal because he's probably going to pick up another title uh, medal. Mm, he is. He absolutely is. I don't think we need to say probably anymore. Inter are going to coast to it. They're going to coast to it. They've beaten Lazio, Atalanta, Milan and Juve in the last month. It's done. No one has a chance. Vito, we've got to give some credit again to Samir Andanovic. Praised him after the, the derby. He made a big save in the first half here on the Duvan Zapata header. But not just him. The, the players in front of him as well. The Vrij Skriniar in particular who got the winner and Alessandro Bastoni. Really, really solid performance. And 
really, other than a couple of corners that Atalanta had in the space of five first half minutes, they didn't really let Atalanta create a sniff. No, they didn't. Uh, it helps that with Conte's 3-5-2, it's a compact formation. So the three central defenders, they're going to have that protection from the midfield as well. And that limits the space for the Atalanta players to work their magic. Uh, if we're going to speak specifically about uh, that trio there, um, they've been playing under Conte for you know nearly two years now. The buying into his uh, tactics and uh, Scrinia in particular was able to control Zapata for most of the game, score that header. So I think it was a big performance for him, especially considering that he was up for sale at one stage. So uh, hopefully this really wins wins him over and uh, Conte is uh, satisfied with the way the Slovakian international played because that trio yeah. now... I mean, they have their own attributes. Even Bastoni, you know, um, sometimes, you know, he's not perfect, but he's got a lot of strengths about him, especially when he's able to advance from his defence position. And I think that trio now, that's like uh, Conte's uh, version at Inter of uh, the BBC. At Juve, Bazzali, Bonucci and Chiellini were fantastic for him. And now he's got Skriniar, De Vrij and Bastoni, um, helping his uh, backline stay secure and watertight. How does that work? Screenyar S De Vrij, I suppose you go. Would you go the D or would you go the V? How would you work this? B S D V D V. It doesn't work, does it? It <laughs> no, doesn't work as well. Um, no, you might have to go with the first names: Stefan, Milan, and Alessandro. Sam. Does Sam work? Yes, Sam. It does ASM. work. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Inter fans, tell us. Tell us. Um, I don't think they should go with that anyway. But Kev, they are now six points clear of Milan, 10 clear of Juve, who do, of course, have a game in hand against Napoli. And they're going to win the league by 10 or 15 points now, aren't they? Um, I think that they'll win the league. Um, 10 or 15 points, I think. I, mean, I think Milan will do in a disservice. I think they'll... They'll, they'll they'll keep oh, themselves at arm's length. I think just because it's their their city neighbours, I think that's enough to drive the players on. I didn't drive uh, them yeah. in the derby. Well, yeah, but that's that's a one off game. I think I think we would be doing them um, their season a disservice if we thought that me uh, that Inter would pull away by fifteen points. Um, I think uh, I'll I'll happily go nine at a maximum. Nine at a maximum? You yeah. mad? No. Between well, Inter and Milan by the end of the season, or between Inter and second by the end of the season, because second won't be Milan. Um, no, no, I'll stick to that. Why not? I've made plenty of other crazy claims over Right, this. so you're saying that Inter, <laughs> Milan will finish within nine points of Inter by the end of the season. Yeah, why not? All right, let's put another dinner on it, shall we? <laughs> What's all these dinners? Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. Because it, it looks we, we could be even then, because I don't think Quagliarella is getting his 12. <laughs> It's 13, uh, but he's getting it. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Over in Turin, there was a very grumpy Cristiano Ronaldo sitting on the bench. This was remarkable, leaving Cristiano on the bench. I know they've got the Champions League, and I know there's been a lot of games, but it's Lazio. He was on the bench. They didn't need him. They won 3-1 despite falling behind early Vito. And 
Alvaro Morata, he's refound those boots that he he likes to wear when he scores goals, and he's gonna fire them to second place probably ahead of Milan. <laughs> I think it's I think it's possible, and uh, this performance will probably go up there as uh, one of his uh, best ones. Uh, he set up that goal for Rabio with a nice turn and then that through ball and uh, the Frenchman just smashed it with the left foot. It's a superb strike. And then uh, in the second half, he got that goal and uh, there was also the penalty. And more than anything, that second goal was impressive because it was just a lightning quick counterattack and some excellent work from Federico Chiesa just to persist and just, just go right down the middle, just cut right through. And then the through ball to Morata was a, Fantastic finish by the Spaniards. So this is the kind of Morata they need and uh, hopefully for their sake, uh, um, he plays like that against Porto because those kind of performances are needed in the Champions League too. Yeah, you, you would expect. Or would you? I personally expect Juve to go through quite, not easily, but I, I don't think they'll have too much of an issue tomorrow, Kev. No, I've, I think they probably will go through, but it will be closer than, let's say, diehard Juventus fans uh, mm. will will want it to be. Um, I, I found it quite interesting with Ronaldo because it was it was publicised before that he had this sort of niggling injury, and I had this sort of this warm this warm feeling come across me <laughs> because on social media I have probably tweeted more than more than once or twice in the last couple of games where Juve had been out of sight and it has looked like he has stayed on the pitch for no other reason other than Pirlo doesn't want the aggro for taking him off. You know, and you think to yourself, you know, you've got this other game coming up against Porto. You've got a more congested fixture list. The It, it almost seems almost idiocy to keep him on the pitch when the, the, the game is over. And he seems to be chasing a hat trick or chasing a goal, you know. And he, invariably, sometimes he gets it. I, I think it must have been midweek, wasn't it? He sort of rocked up with the the last one, sort of in, on the 89th minute or 88th minute. Um, but then, when you look at when Ronaldo doesn't start, it's not so obvious as when you get maybe uh, a side in the bottom half of the table and they've got one standout star, and every single, well, almost every single other player on the pitch looks to pass them all the time. So if you can nullify that threat, you can stop that team playing. But saying that, when Cristiano wasn't on the pitch against Lazio, you could almost see the other eleven taking a little bit more responsibility for you know providing the impetus to push forward and things. And I, you know, there is a bit of a question around has the Ronaldo experiment paid off? You know, because they did win two leagues and, you know, if they don't win the Champions League. Is that a question? Because it hasn't. If we're talking about, we're talking about football and not the business side of things. And there's no, there's no question about that. On, a, on the footballing side of things, it has not succeeded. It's been a complete failure. They won Serie A every season for seven seasons before he arrived. He won two more. They would have won it without him and probably would have had a better team without him. They've been worse in Europe and they've been worse in the Coppa Italia. It's been a failure. The problem with that is I think the question the question was never about the football mm. because they were winning. The, question, the, only, the only time the football comes into this sort of 
question is that if they do start p- performing badly, which they have done, you know, there, there's obviously there is a natural kind of coming to the end of this unbelievable sequence of of seasons. But, you know, even now with a, with a pandemic and people not coming to the stadium, because it's, you know, I, I went, uh, yeah, Ronaldo was there um, when I last went to Juventus and it feels a little bit like people are turning up just for that sort mm. of one-off, you know, they've travelled from wherever they have in Italy or in mainland Europe just to see Ronaldo. And obviously they're not getting the benefits of that at the moment with the pandemic. But once the football starts to suffer on the pitch as well, um, yeah, it hasn't worked. I've been back home for a few weeks now and I've seen three kids around my area. Bear in mind, we're not allowed to leave more than five kilometres from, from where we live. And I've seen three different kids with Cristiano Ronaldo Juve shirts. Um, I never saw an Italian football shirt in my area before in my life, other than my Atalanta ones. So th- the impact is clear, but he has been detrimental on the pitch. And I, I, wrote, I had to write a piece for Marco um, during the week about Juve. And I was like, well, I know the angle. They're rubbish since Cristiano Ronaldo signed. And I got a few people messaging me on, on my Facebook page. And I think I got one tweet. The, the person on Twitter was nice and the people on Facebook weren't nice. I don't know if that says something about the kind of people who use each. Probably not, but anyway, I've been making a lot of friends on social media recently. Vito, you've pointed out that Antonio Cassano said that Cristiano Ronaldo was a failure, but he's just been mouthing off recently, hasn't he? He's been having a go at everybody. Oh, that's very true. Uh, I still remember... Uh, a few months back uh, when he said that uh, Serie A in general was boring, only Roma and Atalanta entertained him. But uh, about this particular problem, uh, look, I think he's spot on and he goes to show that, uh, you know, you don't have to be a... Look, Cassano's a football genius, but he's not academically the most intelligent person in the world. So if he can work it out, I think it's as clear as day. I think anyone, Juventino, who's defensive about this... Uh, I think they're just sick of any sort of criticism they get or people just trying to discredit their achievements at every cost. But the reality is you don't bring in Cristiano Ronaldo to just continue domestic dominance. You will then need to win that third Champions League slash European Cup. It's been 25 years since they won the European Cup. Um Surely a guy like Ronaldo with his qualities, even at 36 is brought into that club for such a substantial transfer fee and those lofty wages just to reach the pinnacle of Europe. I mean, to spend that money just to earn other Scudetti is meaningless because you could use that money to restructure the team in other departments. I think that's it, right? And and it's it's important to say that we're not saying that Cristiano Ronaldo has failed, but the move to sign him on Juventus' part has failed, very much so. Uh, Cristiano's been excellent in terms of goal scoring. Uh, what else he does, I'm not really that sure, to be honest, having seen him a few times. But he's scored an impressive number of goals since he's come to Italy. So you can't fault him. Elsewhere, Napoli beat Bologna 3-1. Vito, you did the report for us on this one. And Napoli very much needed a win. And they very much needed Lorenzo Insigne to help them to that win. He was excellent and they got three big points. Yes, well, there was some speculation that uh, Gattuso, another story again of him being sacked, 
And then also the sporting director, Cristiano Giuntoli, could have been sacked despite having a contract until June 2024. But uh, they got a much-needed win. I must say they did look better when they played on the counter than if they tried to play possession football because uh, more than anything, Bologna seemed to be pegging them back a bit. And uh, Insigne, he stood up like a captain should, you know, scoring those two goals. I also say that Zielinski also had uh, some vital contributions because he provided a assist for Insigne and Ozzyman. And when Ozzyman came on, he did much more than Mertens. And uh, hopefully for the Nigerian, this performance helps him get back into the rhythm of things because he squandered a chance to score and he probably should have provided a better cross when uh, Napoli had a better counterattack, but he went for Politano and uh, it just missed him completely. But I think uh, a fit Ossiman would help them as well. And when you have Insigne there too, uh, I think it makes a big difference for the Partenno pay when they go forward. Who provided the assist for the Bologna goal, Vito? Because it was a wonderful piece of improvisation, but I didn't quite capture who it was. <laughs> oh, you stumped me there, Kev. Yeah, it wouldn't be like you, Kev, to come on and throw a question out at someone like that. <laughs> v- v- I did the match report. Yeah, he watches 20,000 <laughs> games a week, mate. <laughs> come on. Uh, it was Scott Olsen. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It was a very impressive little piece of play. I'll give him that. He should have scored uh, too, Scott Olsen. Hit the post in the first half. Well, this is what I was going to ask you actually was about Bologna because until they went, until the third goal really went in, I was quite impressed with Bologna. They had two goals ruled out, I think it was, and I thought they did quite a nice job. I mean, David Ospina doesn't help Napoli, but I, I thought Bologna were decent. Probably one of their better performances that I've seen from them this season. They had the moments and. There was the Scott Olsen shot, like I mentioned earlier. Um, probably a couple other situations where they just needed the final ball to be better and uh, that Napoli defence would have been breached. And then towards the end, uh, Espina had to save two free kicks. One was from Musa Barrow and also from Ricardo Orsolini, who both came on as subs. So it wasn't the most comprehensive win for the Neapolitans and that's why... Insigne's goals were just so important because if Bologna were better with their shooting, they could have fancied a draw themselves or even they could have had the points. I don't want to say this, Kev, but Dries Mertens has been gradually slowing down over the last couple of seasons. He had that incredible season where he got, I can't remember exactly how many goals it was, but it was around 30. And then it went to like 18. And now he just, Vito said it there, right? Ozzyman was a lot more lively when he came on. Do you think now that Mertens has got that record as being Napoli's all-time top scorer, it might be time to to look at Ozzyman and, and maybe Lozano as the people to lead the, the new project there? Yeah, well, let's... I wrote at the time of him getting that um, that phenomenal year that they should probably sell him with the offers that were coming in because he'd never sort of returned those numbers again. He's kind of kept it going for another couple of years, but he's getting on. Um, you know, 33, he's not quite, yeah. 
Yeah, so you you expect there should be a a gradual uh, evolution or switch to using the younger man then, and maybe even trying to get a bit of money for him um, if they could. Don't know whether he'd, you know, because I think he, he, you know, he clearly quite likes it over there in Naples. So I don't know whether he'd, he'd him or his family would want to to move back closer towards Belgium. It's not a, certainly not a league. I imagine he still wants to perform in even at thirty three. Mm, he likes the the coast there, doesn't he? He always posts pictures of himself down down by the waterfront in Naples, which makes me think there's a city on that same coast, just a little bit further north, and there's a couple of teams that play there. I mean, just a bit north of Spezia, he might he might rock up at, at the Marassi for for Samp or, or maybe for Genoa and liven things up in the Derby della Lanterna. I'm not sure how much Vito would like to see him line up in the Griffone shirt, but who knows? I would like to keep him around Serie A, to be honest. I do like him a lot. Quite a likeable guy. Very, very good footballer, but maybe just not the right guy for this Napoli team as they look in a new direction. But who knows? A lot depends on what happens there with Gattuso, I would imagine. Vito, any final points on this game before we move on? Nope. Okay. Right. Well, no. we can move. <laughs> right. Well, we can move on then. Kev, Milan went away to Verona and won 2 0. And they did it without a lot of their first team players. And they've done this quite a lot this season. But to do it against Verona is doubly impressive. Yeah, because Verona weren't weren't poor they 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 looked they looked a little out of sorts but but Milan a bit like uh, Inter looked looked comfortable um they didn't you know it wasn't as if they they went into the lead early and then sort of held on or anything like that they they kind of always looked like a goal was coming they got it probably at the right time was it, it was just for um well it was about halfway half an hour in but you know just for half time I suppose you can class that as well I am so Screw you too if you don't. Can we, look, let's not get into numbers <laughs> last week because you and the six-yard box thing. I mean, I'm still having nightmares about that. I think I was thinking about this father's side. I think I, I went to bed with nightmares um, about that. But but yeah, um, that, these are the reasons, uh, Connor, why they'll finish nine points behind Inter. Even if <laughs> even if Juve finish eight points behind them. Yeah, if you say so, Kev. But look, you, you seem to be getting proven right by on, on Quags. So I do have to bow to your superior knowledge on this, I suppose. And for everything we ever talk about now, you're right, Kev. Just know that. Just know that you are correct. Okay? That's what I tell Stace. Oh. Kev, on this day of all days, it's the 8th of March. Should, come on. Stace is better than that. <laughs> Stace is better than that. Anyway, on to the next one. Roma beat Genoa 1-0. Vito... <laughs> What is there to say? Roma beat a bad team. It's what they do. Yeah, they don't win big games, but uh, Gianluca Mancini with a towering header got them the vital win. And uh, yeah, the important part is Genoa lost. Look at him, Kev. Yeah. yeah. See, oddly, oddly enough, so I, I, I watched a bit of this and I wrote down actually that I was quite. It is. It is comparative. It's. It's the comparison between earlier in the season when Genoa were losing games. There was 
an element of their body language of a lot of the players that they kind of they're almost happy to accept the defeat. Whereas um, for the last sort of 15, 20 minutes, they actually looked like a lot more fight than there was earlier in the season. Um, you know, and and I kind of took that as a little bit of a positive if you were to, you know, if you were a fan and you were watching them at any point during the first half of the season. Well, that's the thing with the Balladini sides that uh, they do offer a bit more than... <laughs> what uh, your typical generalist side offers uh, under the previous coaches. or And then, of course, uh, they're not going to be what they were under Gasparini, but Ballardini is still the second best thing for them. They'll be fine this season anyway. I don't think it's... I don't think we should be getting worried about Genoa. Not that Vito ever would, because he's an evil person who hates them. Which yeah. <laughs> they'll be all right because they've got the likes of Torino losing to the bottom of the league, <laughs> just throwing goals in. Well, look, we're going straight down to the bottom now because you do have the likes of Torino, and God love them, the likes of Parma. Can we start with Parma first and get the sad bit out of the way because they've blown mm-hmm. two two goal leads in the last couple of weeks and this time they fell behind against Fiorentina they fought back they fell behind again they fought back then they went ahead in the 91st minute Roberto Inglese had come off the bench having put all of his injury troubles behind him showed exactly how good he is and how good how much Palma have missed him to tee up Valentin Miaila who had come on and Gervinho went off and everything at Parma just looked oh so sweet. No Gervinho on the pitch. Inglese was on the pitch. Dennis Mann and Miaila were on the pitch. Parma were winning a game in stoppage time. But of course, of course, they retreated back down into their own six-yard box and Simone Jacoponi turned into his own goal. And this might just be, Kev, the most bitter pill for them to swallow. They, they lost uh, lead in the la- with the last kick against Sassuolo. They blew two two goal leads in the last couple of weeks, but this one just felt like all of those had combined and it was the ultimate sucker punch. Yeah, it was quite it was quite impressive after going ahead in the next oh, come on. And then and then ninety plus four. Well, because that's where you think, you know, dig in. You've got, you know, it's I can't remember who it who it was where they they got a couple of goals lead and then they sort of like that's it we're defending for the rest of the game you know and there's a significant amount to go this is like yeah, 90 minutes it was Palmer last week <laughs> right no because I'm thinking midweek we're actually again you'd be you'd be more disappointed because midweek they did actually okay against mm. Inter mm. Uh, was it midweek it was a Monday I tell you it what, was midweek it was Thursday night and um, but yeah it's probably just sums their season up and shows you exactly why they're going down. Do you know who they could have done with? Who was sitting on the bench and could have been the man to help them dig in and hold on to a lead in stoppage time? Big Bruno. Big Bruno Alves was sitting on the bench, getting splinters in his bum. Getting uh, splinters uh, in his bum. Probably the joint season up as well at his age. How old are you, Kev? <laughs> a little bit older. <laughs> we discussed this actually and it was another example of how you can't do numbers um but i'm not a professional athlete but uh no very much so to... um no. bruno alves is 39 kev so oh great age 
Careful. <laughs> it's a nice number, actually, to be honest. But uh, Parma, they're just... I, this one this one hurt me a bit, to be honest. And I, I have to keep saying, I'm not a Parma fan, but they've put me through the bloody ringer this season. It's been, it's been hard. Because I do have a lot of goodwill for them. And it's just every time. But the... The worrying thing now is that in the next few games, they've got Milan, Juve, and Roma in the next three. They're playing they're playing Roma at the weekend without your Ikutska. So just put all of your money on, on a Roma win. Put everything on it. So that means they they simply cannot do anything other than win when they play. I think it's Benevento, it's Genoa, and there's another team, Cagliari. They play those. They're the next six games. Right off the other three, but against Genoa, Cagliari, and Benevento, if they don't take nine points, Vito, they're done. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, it looks that way. And uh, it just seems that uh, Parma, they can get into these leading positions, but uh, they're constantly squandering it. So... The squad and for the fans, be gut-wrenching to say the least. No, that's horrible. It's horrible. And the atmosphere is just around the place as well, chatting to people. It's not good. It's not good. Kev, onto the fun then. Well, I say fun. That There are teams like Torino down the bottom of Serie A. And they went to the team that should be a gimme. Crotone, they're, they're the team who are done. And of course, they lost 4-2. Yeah, it was a, it was a. Sorry, I didn't mean for the pause. Um, I suppose it was a really soft pen. Um, Why are you making uh, excuses for them? What the soft penalties are doing? Hey, well. Torino, you don't make excuses for other teams. Well, I'm not going to. Well, 
just briefly on the last game, I'm not making mistake excuses for Fiorentina when their players are diving at sort of shin level to handball the handball and give away penalty kicks. Um, I, you know, I said they're weak. They they hadn't won in 16. That's half. Oh God, that's oh, half the what season are you doing now. It's not that's, nearly. That's, virtually, but that's nearly oh. half the season they've not won in. They will not. <laughs> Torino will not get 30 points. So they're going to be nowhere near. Stop talking about numbers. Okay. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh... Next time you go to say a number, just stop. Just... I look at numbers all. I look at numbers all day. Yeah. <laughs> you look at them. You don't have to do anything with them, do you? Um, what's <laughs> left? Udinese has swallowed two. Now this was a bit of a shock, but I mean Udinese tend to produce results like this. They just knew how to manage Sassuolo, and they've got. Quite, I think Patrick Kendrick was the commentator on this one, and he was going on about how Udinese have a decent record against Sassuolo lately, and, and so it proved. They never really looked like they were in too much trouble. They were happy to let Sassuolo have the ball. They knew, kind of much like Inter, actually, this evening. They they knew they'd be able to keep them out, and they did. So that's a big win for them. Bit of a disappointment for Sassuolo, but given Verona lost, the two of those are kind of... I mean, they're competing to be the best of the rest, really. So it wouldn't be too, won't be too disheartening. Spezia drew one-one with Benevento. Their debutant, I don't really know how to pronounce his surname. Adolfo Geich, um, nicknamed Altanke, which is quite nice, given Atalanta and German Dennis had the same nickname. Um, but I guess the last game that we're going to talk about, Vito is 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 your lot, Samp Cagliari. This was another game in, in the mould of the Parma one, in that Cagliari went 1-0 up. Samp turned it around with a goal in the 78th minute. Bartos Berezinski got his first ever Serie A goal, so given the things I've said about that man on this podcast, I've got to give him credit for it. Manolo Gabbiadini then scored, and Rajan Angelan popped up with a belter in the 96th minute, was it? it was literally the last kick. And a disappointment for Samp, but a big point for Cagliari. Well, for Cagliari, indeed, it's a big point. Uh, it was one of those games that you'd call a game of two halves, and Cagliari were the much better team in the first half. Uh, Leonardo Semplici lined the team up in his usual 3-5-2, but they played with a greater fluency and uh, intelligence than what they did under Di Francesco, and uh, they were constantly pegging Sump back. In the second half, uh, Sump were better with the counterattacks, they weren't just using the wings. They were using different outlets throughout the pitch, different channels. And uh, there came that two-minute spell where they got the goals and it looked like Sump were going to earn the three points. But uh, just that sucker blow at the end with Nongolan's deflected strike, um, I'm sure for many other Sump fans, not just me, it really felt like a loss because we lost so deep into stoppage time. So, yeah, Bit of a hollow feeling after that, to be frank. Are, are we really having that Nangalan's strike was better than Gabbiadini's? Because I preferred Gabbiadini's. Like, like Vito says, <laughs> Nang- Nangalan's took a bit of a deflection. It's kind of bobbled its way in. Gabbiadini's was almost like mm. pure, a pure strike. Clean. Much preferred it. Yeah. You're not allowed to say that. Or clean. Lovely through ball by Quayarella. That counts, does it? Can we have that? <laughs> didn't, 
Didn't we say that it was goals and assists, Kev? No, we didn't. <laughs> I swear we did. I swear, if someone goes back and listens to an early podcast, I'm telling you, I said it was goals and assists, 13. But to be fair, the bet doesn't matter anymore because you've already said you're happy to buy us dinner if you were allowed to come to Italy oh, again. Yeah. So um, I'm holding you to that. All right, that's the lot. It's time for the game. Kev, you happy? I'm always happy. Vito, you should have seen how happy he was in midweek that he didn't have to play the game. And then he remembered again at the end, and he was doubly happy. I was quite offended, to be honest. <laughs> he must have had so much relief. The relief. It's just because he's rubbish, though. It's, it's not. There's nothing wrong with the game. Kev's just rubbish at it. I told you, tactical, uh, tactical pausing from Vito. tactical pauses. Right. Um, well, if I consider a pause to be too long, I'm just going to hand the question over to the opposing player today. Is that all right? It's fine with me. I can be corrupted as well, so <laughs> post your post your offers into the chat. So you got two minutes. Start. I guess Vito's first. I assume yeah, so. I guess the last <laughs> one with uh, Soraro. <laughs> what has it come to? That Kev is just assuming that he's lost the last one. <laughs> all right, two minutes are on the clock. Vito, your time starts now. Is this player Italian? The player is Italian, yes. Does start. he play for does he play for a club in northern Italy? He does play in northern Italy, yes. Is that club from Lombardia? The club do not play in Lombardia, no. Kev, it's over to you. Kev. Hello. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, Kev, come on. Yeah. No, good. sorry, yeah, I I know I just lost I got Italy and right. then I lost you both. All right, he's he plays in Italy. He does not play in Lombardia, and he is Italian. So it is northern Italy, is it? I got yeah, no, yes. northern uh, Italy, but not Lombardia. Uh, in Turin. Yeah, he plays in that city. Come on. Okay, does he play for Torino. He does play for Torino. Kev. Uh, is it a midfielder? <laughs> it is a midfielder. Kev, Damn. take a minute. Take a second to breathe. Right, he's an Italian midfielder uh, who plays for Torino. Yeah, I can't think of... I no, don't I, think... Hmm. I can only think what. of... Oh, God, I can only think of one. I don't think he's... Well, he's definitely not Italian. Uh, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. Uh, just Thomas Rincon, but he's not Italian, is he? <laughs> no, he's not. He's, not, he's I was, Venezuelan, I think. I was, I was hoping he was naturalised. <laughs> <laughs> All right, is it uh, Daniele Baselli? It's not Daniele Baselli, and I think there's only one other player that this could possibly be and Kev doesn't what, know who Italian it is Italian midfielder oh my god see uh, I don't think you know that he's gone to Torino because I didn't oh wow there you go yeah I, I didn't watch right, yeah now I know who it is right. I didn't watch him this weekend oh, Kev okay, you've I got five seconds to, no I'll concede to Vito Give us Vito tell us who the player is Rolando Mandragora yeah it is Rolando Mandragora oh, I guess no, I didn't I'm loan from Juve which is weird yeah but, I thought Udinese had him permanently <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Some weird shady you business, I suppose. <laughs> you and me, but shady, shady transfer dealings. Right? Can we wait till we stop the recording to start making potentially libelous comments? <clears throat> um, all right, guys. It was all in uh, sporting fashion. Of course, it was. Juve were involved. Um, <laughs> sporting that was. Anything else to say? 
No, that's all. Oh, lovely goal from Unes. We didn't talk about that. Lovely goal. <laughs> we didn't, but they, now you have. Gav, have you got more to add? No, I'm just going to bask in my near glory. How? What, what was almost glorious about anything you just did? I think that's the first <laughs> time I've got that's the first time I've got three questions on the bounce. Right. right. Let, let me talk you through what happened, shall I? The game lasts two minutes. You, yep. <laughs> I wanted to say something really vulgar there, but I'm not going to. You <laughs> wasted 20 seconds by disappearing. And then well, my recording stopped, which is good. Right. Cause you, you trouble when you're doing the edit. Then, so good luck. But then you wasted the, the 20 <laughs> seconds that you wasted were from you explaining what happened. Despite us saying, Kev, yeah, you're back now. Just come on. Come on now, Grandad. Yeah, get across the road. Give me your hand and I'll help you. And then... Yeah, but I didn't know what, I didn't know what questions Vito had asked. And how then when I, we told you, I, you were just... How could I continue? You've probably woken Stace up now. Well done. You've got earphones in. Don't be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still talking. Yeah. Again? No comment. Vito, say goodbye. Goodbye. That's the longest you've made me wait. I know that was too long. That I was think too a, long. I think there's a delay on Vito's end tonight. Okay, Kev, say goodbye. Uh, goodbye, everybody. What are you doing? You've done it again. I'm not oh, happy with you. Yo daré la vida, la mia vida, un fondo lo Fará una partita infinita. Un sogno che ho, è un coro che sale a sognare su Giudano, 90 minuti per segnare Terrazzurri, noi saremo qui Terrazzurri, pazzi come Terrazzurri, non fateci soffrire.
gare no. truccate non ce ne più adesso il cielo è nero blu e non me la ricordo ti fare l'intervol dire onore a me cucini li odio con tutto il cuore la 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 capolista la 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 capolista vola la 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 capolista vola y luego caer ese se me va la capolista se me va la capolista se me va la capolista se me va ese me va la capolista se me va la capolista se me va la capolista se me va Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 